Hear the word of God from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. This reading comes from the Combination English Bible. You can find this reading on page 794 in, in the Pew Bible. That day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down beside the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he climbed into a boat and sat down. The whole crowd was standing on shore. He said many things to them in parables. A farmer went out to scatter seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell on the path, and some birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where the soil was shallow. They sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it scorched the plants. They dried up because they had no roots. Other seed fell among the, the thorny plants. The thorny plants grew and choked them. Other seed fell on the good soil and bore fruit. In one case, a yield from 100 to 1. In another case, a yield from 60 to 1. In another case, a yield of 30 to 1. Everyone who has ears should pay attention. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, y'all. We just heard our scripture reading today about a farmer some seeds, and soil. Now I need y'all to help me tell this story. Can I get a yeehaw? Yeehaw! Woo, this is gonna be good. All right, all of you over here, you guys are gonna be the bird, which means in the story, when you hear me say the word bird, you're gonna yell really loudly, caw, caw! Can you do that? Let's hear it, ready? Bird! Awesome job. I think you guys got this. Okay, now over here, you guys, when you hear me say the word sun, you're going to make a loud sizzling noise, like bacon frying, like shh. Okay, ready? Go. Awesome. Good job. Now all my friends up in the balcony, and y'all back here. <laughs> You guys, when I say the word thorny plants, you're gonna make a choking sound, like <laughs> All right, ready, go! Awesome, good job! All right, now, everyone, everyone in the whole room, when you hear me say beautiful plants and trees, you're gonna give a big yee-haw! Ready? Awesome. Now, on to the story that Jesus told a huge crowd of people, kind of like yourselves. Well, except they were all farmers, and they knew a little something about seeds and soil. You see, one day a farmer went out to plant some seeds with the hopes of growing a beautiful bunch of crops. Well, some of those seeds, they landed on hard, tightly packed soil like an old dirt road. Along came a big black bird and gobbled up them seeds. The soil, it was too hard. 
The seeds couldn't take root, and nothing sank in. This is kind of like when we turn hard, we close ourselves off, we don't listen to God and his teachings, well, they can't sink in and take root in our lives. Now, some of those seeds, they fell onto rocky ground. There was a little bit of soil, and the seeds started to grow very fast. But they couldn't get deep roots. Out came the sun and dried up all the plants. <laughs> yep, the plants were scorched and done. This is kind of like when we get super excited about God and everything's going really great in our life. And then something bad happens and we just give up on God. Tough times come and it rocks our faith instead of rooting our faith. Still other seeds, well, they fell on soil filled with thorny plants. And the thorny plants grew and grew and grew until they overpowered those seeds, choking them. This is kind of like the thorns in our own lives, the overwhelming sense that I've got to be the best. I've got to do the best. I've got to have the best. It's all about me, me, me. Well, there's no room for God to grow there. And God? Well, he's last on our minds. Now, a lot of the seeds, well, they fell on the good soil that was open and ready to receive. And what do you think those seeds produced? A crop of big, beautiful plants and trees. So when we listen to God, when we don't give up on God, and when we make God number one in our lives, then we are like the good soil, and God's seeds can take root, grow, and flourish in our lives. And y'all, that is a beautiful thing. (laughs) Well, thank you to... Emery and Kristen for telling us this wonderful story. You know, I love the way our children's and youth ministry work to share the story of Jesus with our kids. I love watching the way it shapes and forms their life. Several uh, years ago, I was teaching an adult small group, and I was doing it with uh, our current lay leader of children's ministry, Richard Martin. And this past week we were meeting and we were talking about this parable. And I remembered something that his daughter had said. Well, this would be like six or seven years ago, but it stuck with me. Because we were in class and he was telling us that his um, youngest daughter, or his oldest daughter, Emily, was in Girl Scouts. And she had come home quite confidently 
to proclaim that the Girl Scouts were going out to clean up the garbage that was on Picnic Island this Saturday, and they as a family must go to it because it was something, after all, that Jesus would do. They had been learning about God's earth and creation, and with such confidence, Emily walked in to pronounce, this was something Jesus needed to do, we need to rearrange our weekend. And so, of course, what was mom and dad's response other than to do just that, but go pick up garbage this weekend with Emily. You know, Emily was able to hear the lesson of God's love. She was able to understand it. She was able to live it out into the world. There lies some of the simplicity of this parable, which sometimes can be complex for us. I never get tired of hearing the way on which our kids and our youth are formed by the seeds of faith that are planted into their lives. Today we have this familiar parable, and it's one many of us have heard before. Here we find Jesus, and he's teaching his disciples and it's interesting because in the previous chapter, uh, Jesus had, had the disciples had been encountering people that were having a difficult time hearing the message. And so now Jesus is with these disciples in what I want to call a semi-private moment. And he uses this parable to talk about what they had been experiencing. He flushes out the different types of hearers that they had been coming across. And as I read this parable again this time, my eyes focused in on those four different types of soil. It had me thinking about those four different types of hearers that Jesus and the disciples were encountering along the way. As Christian so wonderfully shared, we heard about those uh, listeners that were closed-minded, hard-hearted We heard about those listeners that were distracted and who had moments of joy, but then they went on to the next thing and didn't allow what was there to take root. And we had those listeners that were overwhelmed and self-consumed by worries and fears, doubts, struggles, life. And then we had those that were open and willing to learn. Those listeners that not only heard, which by the way, all the other ones heard, but They understood. It took root and the harvest was produced. So it got me to thinking, what kind of listener am I? What kind of listeners are we right now? And I think if we're honest, we can probably find evidence of all four of those kinds of soil in our lives or in our congregation on any given day, right? I mean, we all have places in our minds where we're closed off or prejudiced. We have opinions and certainty that can sometimes form hard places in our life. I think if we're honest, we all have places that we get sucked into the cultural's need for more and instant gratification, and so we can find moments of joy and celebrating and yet then easily move on to the next thing. And I know for myself, I can easily get consumed by X, Y, or Z. There's so many interests and wants and desires of myself and of other people that the most important can get crowded out. It's as if everything's important and then nothing is. And I know my priorities can get out of whack. But you know, I also believe there's places in our lives where there's good soil 
And it's deep and it's rich. I think in every one of us, there's places where that soil is there waiting to be fed and transformed. And those are those places in which God's grace and love can grow and form in our own lives. And I think there's places in each one of us that we are vulnerable enough with God to to open up our ears and that we're willing to learn or listen to what God might be speaking into our lives. I mean, otherwise we wouldn't be here. Think about it. Worship is one of those places where God transforms us and transforms our lives, just as those other corporate practices are of serving in small groups. And, you know, the usual way that we unpack this text is that we take a look at those types of soil, and especially the good soil. We look at it from the lens of the soil and ask ourselves, how do I become a better soil? How do I become a better sower? And we unpack those spiritual practices of worship and serving in small groups, those other spiritual practices of praying and giving, of invitation, of reflection, because all of those do help us to hear, right? They help us to hear and they help us to understand. They help us to grow in our life of faith. This passage did that for me, had me ask that same question, but I was also invited this week to look at this passage from just a slightly different lens. Because, you know, the passage is often titled The Parable of the Sower, in the Bible. And so, kids, the parable of the sower, a sower isn't somebody who makes clothes. It's somebody who farms. So it's the parable of the farmer. And that's how it's titled, not the parable of the soil. And so as I started to look at it from the lens of the parable of a farmer, I got to looking at it and thought, well, wait a second. So if good soil produces good fruit and a multiple harvest, then why is this farmer, like, throwing his seeds all over the place? Right? I mean, my mom was a gardener. I mean, she, like, she, when she planted the, you know, peppers and the cucumbers, she tilled the soil, and then she had a plant, and the seeds got planted just in the right place. And then good, good you know, peppers and cucumbers came up. Same thing happened with Grandpa's apple orchards. You know, that's, that's how it worked, right? But in this passage... The farmer's just throwing seed, and he's, he's throwing it everywhere. I mean, wouldn't it have been more productive and less wasteful to just stick to the good soil? And then this preacher and professor had me look at something a little more differently. Barbara Brown Taylor wrote this in a reflection on this passage. She said, what if this parable isn't so much about our own success or failures? but about the extravagance of a sower who doesn't seem to be faced by such concerns and who flings seed everywhere, wastes it with wholly abandoned, feeding the birds, whistling at rocks, picking his way through the thorns and shouting hallelujah when there's good soil and keeps on sowing. This farmer, she said, is confident that there is enough seed to go around, that there is plenty, and when the harvest comes, every barn and neighborhood will be filled to the rafters. So if this parable is the parable of the sower and not the parable of different types of soil, then looking at that lens, the focus is not on us and our shortfalls, but on this generosity of a maker.
This farmer seems willing to reach into his bag of seed for all of eternity and cover the whole of creation with this fertile seed of truth. If God extravagantly throws his truth and hope and love generously onto our lives, despite our resentments and our fears and and our distractions, what does that say to us today? I mean, what does it mean if this passage is of a generous sower who plants seeds all over the earth, Despite the conditions of the soul, despite of where that's going, the sower continues to keep planting and planting and never gives up. One writer said, if there's any hope of this unproductive soil, it's that the sower keeps sowing generously and extravagantly, even in the least promising places. Jesus' investment in the disciples shows that he simply did not give up on them in spite of their many failings. I mean, think about it. Jesus didn't just cast those seeds out onto places of good soil. I mean, those disciples weren't good soil, especially as they got started with them, right? They had plenty of rocks and thorns to go around. Jesus was casting his message everywhere and on everyone. He was planting those seeds in places with people that were poor and widowed and outcast. He was planting those seeds on the angry and the bitter and the greedy and the self-righteous, and he kept planting those seeds and casting them out where with the hope that someday some of those might take root. And sure enough, they did. Jesus never gave up on those disciples, for they weren't fertile soil when he started, and the truth is, we aren't either. I believe in the divine ability of Christ to heal our souls, to help us forgive, and to soften our hearts up to love. And I believe that the condition of our soil, despite it, and despite the circumstances of our lives, Jesus is never going to give up planting seeds of truth into us either. Viewing this parable from the lens of an extravagant farmer, I realize that we can allow those scattered seeds that fall upon our hearts and into our hands We can allow them to take root, and then we can cast those seeds of God's love out into this world. I realize this parable can actually be an encouragement for us, an encouragement to keep pressing on and allowing Christ to transform our lives, to tend to the good soil that I believe lives in every one of us as we engage in those spiritual practices. And in our over-programmed, stressed-out, and overwhelmed lives, well, I think this parable invites us to, to look at the extravagance of a sower and breathe. As we look at this extravagant sower, we can relax and we can receive the seeds of never-ending grace that God wants to pour out onto each and every one of us in our lives. And then just as we are, we can take those seeds and we can release them out into the world, sharing God's abundant love as we teach our children, as we gather those flood buckets, as we we share our abundant resources with the most vulnerable. You know, God's going to take care of the seeds that are planted for the work and the healing of transformation of the world. I mean, God's going to do the harvesting 
So we can just cast away, and we can cast away extravagantly and abundantly just like that farmer. Today, as we come to this table to experience God's love and grace today, I want to invite all of us to, to bring any of those hard places, those rocks or those thorns that are in our lives, like God to, to transform those. I invite us all to bring our, our listening ears to this table to open up ourselves, what God might be speaking to us today. I loved what Barbara Brown Taylor said. That farmer seems willing to reach into his seed bag for all of eternity and cover the whole of creation with that fertile seed of truth. And so may we be reminded that this extravagant sower is still looking to sow seeds into each and every one of our lives to heal us, to transform us, so that we might be a part of God's healing work in this world each and every day. Amen. Let us pray. Oh Lord, you cast your seeds extravagantly on all of creation. And indeed, you love truth into the secret of our hearts, and you offer to teach us wisdom. We give you thanks for your faithfulness and your love, for you never give up on any of us, and you continue to scatter seeds of truth into all of our lives. You seek to transform the soil of our own souls. You stretch out your hand and you save us, for your love is eternal. As we share our love with others, as we share your love with others, may the work of our hands and the shape of our hearts continue to grow into your image. Create in us a pure heart and put a steadfast spirit within us so that we might forever live into the joy of your salvation each and every day. Amen.